Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about the best time of day to break bad news, how to get over your brain's habit of loss aversion, and why a coin toss is not as random or fair as it seems. Let's satisfy some curiosity on the award-winning Curiosity Daily. According to a new study, there is a right time of day to break bad news. And it's based on physiology, not just questionnaires or surveys. Hold off on that epic breakup until you've heard the whole scoop. Is now a bad time to tell you we just ran out of coffee? No! (laughs) It's actually fine because we're recording this in the evening. Yeah, so your systems are relaxed and ready to take the bad news. No, my systems are caffeinated, so I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Before I get into the study specifics, let's talk about how your body deals with stress. When you hear bad news, you might get upset. And when you get upset, your fight or flight response kicks in. That's also known as your acute stress response. When this response kicks in, your body produces emergency cortisol. That's a hormone that triggers a surge of glucose in your bloodstream. And that glucose, or sugar, gives you the energy you need to react to the stress you're dealing with. Usually, you'll use that energy by fighting your stressor or by fleeing to safety. Hence, fight or flight. The thing is, your body produces cortisol all the time throughout the day. And this study found that on average, you produce the most cortisol in the morning and your levels taper off as the day goes on. In other words, your cortisol levels are linked to your circadian rhythm, which, as we've mentioned on this show before, regulates pretty much everything that goes on in your body. And that means that you respond to stress differently depending on whether it's morning or night. So for this study, researchers put participants through stress tests. Think having to give a presentation to a panel of stone-faced judges and then having to do mental math in front of them. Hope you don't have a fear of public speaking, am I right? The researchers measured participants' cortisol levels when they took the stress tests, which some took in the morning and others took at night. And the morning stress testers saw a big spike in cortisol. A bigger reaction in the morning means that if you want someone to take your bad news with some chill, then you should probably do it in the evening. Save that breakup for after work? and you may be less likely to have a drink thrown in your face. Also not so good if a drink's thrown in your face in the morning, because coffee's hot. (laughs) But if you think you're about to get bad news, then you want it in the morning, because that's when you're most ready to deal with it and find solutions. Right, so if you think your boss is going to fire you, and your boss has to schedule a meeting, do it early. Do it early. But if you're going to fire somebody... Then you wait. We're going back to psychology basics today with a refresher on loss aversion. It's a trick of psychology that says the pain of losing something is greater than the joy of gaining something. And I'll give you a suggestion for getting over it. Here's a suggestion for me. Stop going to Las Vegas because I don't have enough loss aversion. (laughs) (laughs) Did you end up gambling when we went? A little, a little. I do not have a gambling problem. If you have a gambling problem, please seek help. But let's just say my luck is not good. Well... We could talk all about luck because we have articles on that, too. But let's go back to loss aversion. So the concept of loss aversion was coined by Amos Tversky and Daniel Kahneman back in the early 90s. Kahneman ran an experiment in his university classes that went like this. And feel free to play along at home. We're going to flip a coin. If it lands on tails, you have to pay us $10. If it lands on heads, how much would you have to win for this bet to be worth it? If it's anything more than $10, and we're willing to bet it is, that's loss aversion in action. Kahneman told the New York Times, quote, People want more than $20 before it's acceptable. And now I've been doing the same thing with executives or very rich people, asking about tossing a coin and losing $10,000 if it's tails. 
and they want $20,000 before they'll take the gamble, unquote. This plays out in plenty of other situations. You're less likely to sell something for $10 than you are to buy it for $10. You're less likely to walk away from a blackjack table when you've lost a hand than when you've won one. Loss aversion even explains why people stay in dead-end jobs. The fear of losing a steady paycheck is greater than the potential happiness of finding a job you really love. Evolution has made pain a more urgent matter than pleasure, since avoiding pain is the thing that can keep you alive to procreate. So how do you get over it? Carl Richards from the New York Times suggests what he calls the overnight test. Take something you're afraid of losing, even though you know you'd be better for losing it. Camping equipment you're never going to use, a dead-end job, even an unpleasant friendship. Imagine you went to bed and overnight, someone got rid of it. The next morning, you could choose to get back the thing you lost or stick with a new situation. What would you do? If you'd stick with a new situation, there's your answer. Lose what's holding you back and get on with your life. I don't know if it's just age, but I feel more and more like almost anything that I would lose, I'd be fine with in the morning. Yeah, I, I kind of feel that way too. Yeah. <laughs> Are we too busy? Do we have too much stuff? Like, I don't know. Today's episode is sponsored by Captera, a free online resource that can help you avert the loss of wasting time. Captera is the leading free online resource to help you find the best software solution for your business. Now, loss aversion might be kicking in for you right now. You might be thinking to yourself, I don't want to use Captera to find a software solution because maybe it'll be a waste of time or it'll just end up trying to sell me something. But trust us, that's just not the case. Seriously, Captera has over 700,000 reviews of products from real software users to help you find everything you need to make an informed decision. And you can search across more than 700 specific categories of software, from project management to email marketing to yoga studio management software. No more hitting up your old coworkers on LinkedIn to be like, what was the name of that program we used to use five years ago? Visit Captera.com slash curiosity for free today to find the right tools to make 2019 the year for your business. Captera, that's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash curiosity. One more time, start 2019 on the right foot and show our sponsors some love for free, free by visiting Captera.com slash curiosity. Remember that coin toss experiment we talked about so long ago? What was it? One minute, two minutes. <laughs> oh, I can barely remember. Well, this next story might flip it on its head. Whoa. Pun completely intended. A coin toss is neither as random nor as fair as it seems. Don't worry, though. I'm about to give you a heads up on why. Ugh. You have no idea how many puns <laughs> I almost put in this story. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to make heads or tails of oh, it. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> In 2004, research from Stanford University's Department of Statistics came up with a mathematical analysis of coin tosses, and it found that a spinning penny will land tails up, get this, a staggering 80% of the time. That's because a penny is slightly heavier on the head side. That skews the center of mass and makes the coin more likely to fall on its head and turn up tails. Coins with unserrated edges, like a nickel, tend to be slightly more biased, too. Magicians will often shave down the tail side so the weight discrepancy is even greater, which makes it even more likely to land tails up. Flipping a coin would get you a similar bias, too. If you flip a coin into the air and let it fall onto a hard surface to reveal the result, a lot of the time the coin ends up spinning before it settles anyway. And like I said, a spinning coin is way more often than not a tails-up coin. Note that older pennies may not give you quite as pronounced a bias as newer ones. 
That's because you have to account for all the dirt and grime and other junk that can build up on coins over time, because that throws off the center of mass as well. Let's ask a different question. Catch or drop? It may seem silly, but according to this research, it is more fair to catch a coin that was flipped into the air than to let the coin bounce and spin on the ground until it lies flat. Your hand is not a hard, flat surface like the ground, so it'll land wherever you stick your hand in its falling path. But, you guessed it, even that is not truly random. Apparently, any flipped coin will still be slightly biased towards landing tails up, at about 51 to 49 odds, to be precise. So, whatever way you flip it, stick to calling it tails. You'll probably be right. Read about today's stories and more on Curiosity.com. Join us again tomorrow for the award-winning Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.